Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast this morning. Aurora and I are here and very excited to talk to you guys about the Sunday slate of games. Um, yesterday was pretty good. Yesterday was pretty good football. Um, you know, not everything went the way that I think most people would have anticipated. But uh, yeah, it definitely led to some pretty good games out there for people to watch. Um, and, and I mean, you know, that's... It's a good thing. It's why people watch, right? Because it's entertaining games. So um, definitely, definitely a good Sunday slate of games for the NFL. Um, first up, we'll jump right into it because we have so many games to get into review here. First up is the Houston Texans against Buffalo Bills. Th- this this was obvious from the beginning. This game was lost before it even started. Uh, clearly, it was in Buffalo. Even worse for Houston. Uh, you know, Buffalo just got done routing the Dolphins. Um, or, or not routing the Dolphins, but D- Buffalo has just, on the last few three games of the, of the year, you know, minus that first game where they, they got punched in the mouth, man, they've just been on fire. And, you know, they, they understood what to do. They put a great game plan together now moving forward. Mitch Trubisky got minutes in this game. If that tells you anything, it was a blowout, 42-0. 42-0, guys. I mean, I don't know who would have predicted that. It would have been 40-0. That's a really big effort. But I think we knew that Houston would struggle. This defense for Buffalo is on fire right now. Davis Mills goes for zero touchdowns and four interceptions on 21 pass attempts. Guys, that's awful. That's really awful. And, you know, you can't blame the guy all that much when you sit there and look at it. The team got nothing going. There was bad protection all around. Uh, There was, I mean, they couldn't open up any running lanes. You know, Mark Egan ran the ball six times for 24 yards. David Johnson ran five times for 21 yards. They ran for a total, total of 48 yards. It's horrible. It was was abysmal, guys. And, uh, you know, it's sad. It's sad for that team. Uh, The one bright spot on the receiving end was Brandon Cooks, five catches for 47 yards. And that's not even really that bright for him. But, hey, you know, he did his thing. He is a talent. He is the only talent there. And at least they have that from a receiving standpoint. Jordan Atkins did fumble the ball um, and lose it. Davis Mills fumbled the ball one time, but he recovered that back. Um, Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't good protection all day. And and Davis Mills was definitely trying to play catch-up ball from the get-go trying to be back in this game, trying to compete in this game. They knew that the Bills were going to put up points, and they needed to try and have some hero ball from Davis Mills, and he's just not ready for that, guys. He's just not ready. These guys are coming in from the NCAA, definitely after not playing like full seasons and having everything happening with COVID the way they did. They're not ready. None of them. You can tell. You can look at it, and none of them really have been ready so far this season to play consistent, solid football. I mean, even a guy that we are really high on, that we've seen great things from, like Mac Jones. You know, there's still going to be uh, a lot of learning curves there when you ask him to go out and win you the game. It's going to be very different than, hey, go out there, don't lose as the game, play consistent, right? Anyway, Josh Allen balled out 29 for 20, 20 for 29 um, on pass attempts. Yards, 248, two touchdowns, one interception. That one interception, I mean, whatever. You're going to get that with Josh Allen every now and then. Um, pretty good overall you know rating of 103.8 rushing wise i mean hey zach moss had it going devil devin singletary had it going both of them uh ran for over 50 yards on 14 carries 79 yards for singletary 61 yards for zach moss and 
Josh Allen did his thing as well. Six carries for 41 yards. On the receiving standpoint, you know, it, it was it was really good. I mean, you know, Stephon Diggs showed up, did his thing for the first time this season, looked dominant. Seven catches, 114 yards on the day. Emmanuel Sanders, five catches, 74 yards. Dawson Knox, five catches, 37 yards, two touchdowns to go along with that. Great game overall by the Bills. Um, you know, great game by them. They had some fumbling issues. You know, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, and Devin Singletary all fumbled the ball. If that's the one thing you could look at and think, okay, this team might be have a little weakness there, there was definitely a lot of fumbles in this game. But I also think this team got complacent. I think some of those fumbles came because they weren't really engaged. Anyway, blowout there in Buffalo. Next up. Panthers up against the Cowboys. Guys, uh, this game was a good game until halftime. It was a good game up until halftime. Went to the half, 14-13. to 13. Sam Darnold doing his thing. You know, he had 300 yards on the day, 301 yards on the day. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. Those two interceptions were pretty costly there. And I think, you know, he's still got a ways to go to get acclimated with these receivers. The protection wasn't as good uh, today. He took five sacks for 35 yards. Uh, I think the Dallas defense was just playing pretty well out there. Chuba did not do what we expected him to do. I mean, he's got to get over 75 rushing yards, and he only got to 57 on 13 carries. I think if they ran the ball a little bit more with him, um, you know, stayed a little bit more steady to the run game, it might help them out in that second half. Uh, they did not. They went really heavy to a pass attack, and, and that made it really tough. For them, after the Dallas defense wore down in the fourth quarter, they did put up 14 points to Dallas's three. I think that, you know, they should have just kept with running the ball, pounding it a little bit, keeping that defense a little bit more tired than what they did. Um, they, they had some, some good three and outs, things like that in the third quarter. And uh, I think that really helped Dallas to, to, you know, get the momentum that they did. You got to play some good cop management there, and they could have, but they did not. So this was not a good showing um, defensively. You know, they had some guys get banged up at different points of the game. That did definitely hurt them. Um, but it's just the way the game goes. DJ Moore, eight catches, 113 yards on the day, two touchdowns, huge bright spot for them. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, Robbie Anderson had his five catches. That was his second best showing of the year, 46 yards. Uh, Rodney Smith, five catches, 48 yards. Brandon Zilstra, if I pronounced that correctly, two catches, 68 yards on the day. Um, you know, they've got a little bit to adjust to, a little bit to change there on the receiving end and, and understand who their guys are, get a better connection with them. Um, Robbie Anderson, you know, he had 11 targets, only five catches. I mean, that's got to get a little bit better there. But, you know, I, I think the Panthers will be fine. They're going to bounce back. They're going to be a top team in that division. And, you know, for Dallas, Hey, I mean, it's what you expect from the Cowboys, right? You're going to get good Cowboys. You're going to get bad Cowboys. Dak Prescott, 14 for 22. They limited him passing the ball, which to me told the tale of the tape. They didn't. They knew they didn't want to go out there and pass the ball over and over on this Carolina defense. They knew this Carolina defense is for real and legit, and they had a great game plan going in. Let's treat Dak Prescott like he's Justin Fields. Let's give him less chance to fail out there. And so 14 for 22 188 yards on the day very poor yardage from Dak Prescott but it was effective four touchdowns zero interceptions on the day zero sacks clean pocket for your quarterback that's all you can hope for 20 rushes for 143 yards on the day and one touchdown for Ezekiel Elliott Tony Pollard complimenting him very well with 10 carries 
67 yards on the day. This was fantastic to see um, for the Dallas Cowboys. I am not a Dallas Cowboys fan, uh, but I do like good football, and this was good football. Uh, Dalton Schultz uh, led the way in receptions with 58 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Cedric Wilson had a touchdown on the day with two receptions. Blake Jarwin had one catch for one touchdown. Amari Cooper had three catches for one touchdown. I mean, there was touchdowns all around. You have a touchdown. You have a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Dak Prescott was just throwing touchdowns to whoever the heck he wanted in this game. And I think it was because in that first half, he they wore down this Carolina defense. They wore them down. They ran that ball, punched them in the mouth, and tired them out. And Carolina did not do the same in return. When Carolina started to get down or they started to have to weather a storm, what did they do? They got pass happy. Run that ball. Tire the defense out. That's a huge thing that I think they overlooked in this game. But overall, pretty good game from both teams. They're both going to stay super competitive going forward. Um, I do think that Dallas will regress to the mean a bit from this game as far as production. You know, Ezekiel, this is the first time he showed this type of vigor in a game. You know, the 20 carries for 143 yards. We'll see if that keeps up. I don't know if he could handle that much workload the rest of the season. But who knows? 36-28, Cowboys take that win okay next up browns versus vikings um this this game was a little more of a defensive struggle than i expected it to be i knew the browns had a good defense but i did not know that the vikings could come out and play such a good defensive effort um but here's the thing they they, this game made no sense. Look at the stats. It made no sense. Nick Chubb, 21 carries, 100 yards. Kareem Hunt, 14 carries, 69 yards. They ran the ball for 184 yards as total as a team. Minnesota Vikings ran the ball for 65 yards total as a team. Dalvin Cook left the game a little bit early with the injury. Um, I think he clearly wasn't fully ready to go in this game. I think they probably should have rested him again, let Alex, Alexander Madison uh, lead the way the whole time. I think that changed up the dynamic of the team and, and hurt the flow of the offense a bit. But 184 to 65 from a rushing standpoint. From a passing standpoint, it was 143 passing yards from Cleveland. Okay, Now this was the big problem I saw. 33 passing attempts from Baker Mayfield. He only managed 155 yards. Horribly inefficient. Baker Mayfield looked pitiful in this game. Okay, and this is why it doesn't make sense. They destroyed the Minnesota Vikings in running the ball. Okay, more than doubled their rushing total, almost tripled their rushing total. Okay, and they couldn't. They couldn't seriously like destroy this team like the. From that rushing standpoint, you would think, oh my gosh, they killed this team, right? They did it. It was a 14-7 win. It was a low-scoring game the whole time. And it didn't make any sense to me because Baker Mayfield, why are you throwing the ball 33 times? They need to treat him like they did that Prescott for the Cowboys. Get him under 25 throws. And then guess what? You're running that ball more and more with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt who were tearing them up the whole game, tearing up Minnesota keep doing that i don't know why they just said hey baker you know go do what you need to do i mean pound that ball wear out this defense it doesn't make any sense to me if this game was 14 to 7 because looking at the stats cleveland dominated the running game 
The only place they did not was passing. And Kirk Cousins didn't look all that good either. Both quarterbacks did not look good in this game. 38 attempts for 20 completions. One touchdown, one interception for Kirk Cousins. I mean, these guys played very comparable, bad football at the quarterback position. And that's the tale of the tape. This game was close, and this game was horribly low scoring because horrible quarterback play on both teams. Look for them to turn it around. Uh, I look for Dalvin Cook to get healthy, come back, play really well. Hopefully, Minnesota can start learning. We need to run the football heavily. We need to lay on Dalvin Cook a little bit to win some games because that's what they did in the past to get in the playoffs and be competitive. They're not doing it right now. Next, Detroit Lions up against the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears, okay? So, the Detroit Lions... Um, you know, I expected Detroit to be able to put up some pretty good points in this game. Um, they, they surprisingly came out very, very flat. Okay. And I say that, I say that because Detroit has usually come out in the games they played this season and put up good points. They've come out pretty much on fire. They've punched some teams in the mouth. They perform beyond expectations, okay? In this game, it was the opposite. The Bears came out, the Bears came out and said, hey, we're going to own this game. We're going to own this game. We're going to come out and punch you in the mouth just the way you have punched other people in the mouth. Okay, so anyway, I'm done with my horrible Chicago accent. Sorry, guys. Um, Justin Fields was 11 for 17 throwing the ball. Here's the thing. I I was okay with what I saw from Justin Fields. I, I liked what I saw from Justin Fields. He was much more efficient than 6 for 20 last week. If you notice, he threw the ball less than he did last week, which I think was adamant that they did. Okay, It was adamant that they throw the ball less than what they did last week. They gave him easy throws. Okay, He wasn't throwing the ball you know, these dink and dunk plays, he wasn't sitting there and throwing the ball in the middle of the field, into coverage. He was not doing that. He was not trying to get the ball in the middle of the field. He wasn't throwing contested throws. He was, you know, with contested coverage. He was throwing balls deep to guys down the field when they would get open on routes. And if they weren't, he was throwing the ball away or he was throwing it to a guy where it, it was going to be knocked down and wasn't going to be completed, okay? I, I liked what I saw from Justin Fields. He did throw the one interception, no touchdowns. So efficiently, I, I still don't like him to be the starter. I don't think he's fully efficient. And I think you can tell that still because they played best when they made him have the least impact on the game as possible. He only ran the ball three times for nine yards too. So Justin Fields, 11 for 17, 209 yards on the day. That's great efficiency with the deep ball. And that's what he's always had. But we worry about his contested throws. We worry about him throwing the ball down the middle of the field into coverage. You know, those 10 to 15 yard throws. That's what we worry about with him. He did not have a chance to do that. He did take a horrible sack. One for, you know, one sack for 24 yards. I mean, that was a horrible sack on the day. So that that was just something that was, you know, pitiful. But, you know, to me, they won this game because... They didn't rely on Justin Fields. And also because the Detroit Lions played like the Detroit Lions. Uh, you know, when look, 
when your offense snaps the ball into your quarterback and he's not ready for it and it bounces off of him for a defender to catch it, literally, from the snap, if you guys haven't watched it, go on YouTube and watch it. I've never seen it before. Guy snaps the ball into Jared Goff. It bounces off Jared Goff, literally like one yard down the field from him, and the defender catches it. Honestly, that should be a passing play from the center because it ricocheted off the quarterback. He didn't really possess the ball to throw it. So the center should have a passing stat here, and he doesn't. That's interesting to me. But that 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 showed the whole game, the whole day, was how that happened. That was ridiculous. Um, they probably counted it as a fumble, but whatever. Jared Goff fumbled the ball three times uh, on the day. That was huge. He did not play all that well. 24 for 38, 299 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, he's not going to throw interceptions. He's not going to play poorly. Okay, That's what Jared Goff does, but he's not going to go out there and win you games. This is a game he needed to go out there and make some magic happen, and he does not have the capability of doing that. We have, saw, we have seen that in L.A. when he was with the Rams. He doesn't do it. So, anyway, Chicago, great job. Matt Nagy, you showed you understand football. You know how to win. Bears fans, keep shut up about Matt Nagy. Stop being all over Matt Nagy because you know what? Matt Nagy put Justin Fields in the game. He let him throw the ball 20 times last week. You didn't do really well, okay? Guess what? This week, you come out and he says, fine, we're going to keep him under 20 throws. We're going to run that ball down their throat. We're going to stick to my game plan because that's how the team is built, and we're going to win this game, and they did. They won it in an ugly fashion, but they made Detroit look ugly. That's the problem here is that y'all don't understand this team is built for a certain system. Some teams are not built that way. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. If y'all want to sit there and argue to me that, oh, the Kansas City Chiefs can do anything. No, they can't. They cannot run the ball. They cannot run the ball efficiently. They cannot run the ball consistently. They are not built for that. They are built to air it out over and over and over. That team is built for that style of play. And when they are in... Low-scoring, gutted-out games where they have to be in close games or they have to run the ball to get efficiency in their offense because they're locking down the wide receivers, they struggle, and that's how they get beat. Y'all can argue that to me all day, and I got stats on stats on stats to tell you about that. So anyway, Matt Nagy, kudos Bears fans, shut up. Get off Matt Nagy's bat because his game plan worked 100% in this game. And he showed if I if he sticks to his guns and does what he needs to do, this team's going to play well. And 17 attempts and Justin Fields still threw an interception. Guys, stop thinking Justin Fields is amazing right now. He needs time to progress. We're not saying he's not going to be a good NFL player. But he's not ready right now to take the reins and throw the ball. 35 to 40 times a game he's just not there yet okay so calm down keep him under 25 to 20 throws keep him under there every game and you'll be fine if you can run the ball effectively david montgomery had 23 carries for 106 yards and two touchdowns on the day damian williams eight carries on 55 yards and a touchdown on the day this is the bears running game we want to see out there okay so let's keep seeing it please Moving on to the Giants and the Saints, okay? This game was up and down 
as we expect, because look, Daniel Jones is the exact version of Jameis Winston from Duke, right? You take you take Florida State's most up and down quarterback and you put him in a Duke uniform and what do you get? You get Daniel Jones. They're both so up and down, you never know what you're gonna get. And in this game, they limited Jameis Winston to 23 pass attempts, which was the best game plan that they could put in place. Meanwhile, they told Daniel Jones, go out there and rip it, right? 40 pass attempts from Daniel Jones, pretty high on the day. 402 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Saquon Barkley ran the ball 13 times for 52 yards. That's not that great from him. We want to see that up a little bit. Average yards per carry a little bit higher than that. Um, one touchdown on the day. Daniel Jones only ran it four times for 26 yards. Receiving-wise, Kenny Galladay went off. Kadarius, Kadarius Tony finally showed up in the season. 78 yards on the day. No touchdowns for either of those two. John Ross and Saquon Barkley had a receiving touchdown apiece from those two. Both of them went over 70 yards on the day uh, with receptions. And, you know, the Giants just the, the Giants just squeaked this out, guys. This was not a game that you could ever tell who was going to win. It did go into overtime. You never know who was going to win this game. Ultimately, Saquon was the difference maker in overtime with his game-winning touchdown. And if this was going to go into overtime regardless because it was, hey, who's going to have the ball last? That That's really what it came down to. Late in the game, uh, these teams finally got it going. They finally understood what to do. Um, you know, they, they both teams started out slow. 0-0 at the end of the first quarter, and finally they started to get some things rolling. Uh, Taysom Hill looks really good out there. He did throw an interception in his three pass attempts, but, you know, he, he ran the ball. Six times for 28 yards and two touchdowns on the day for him. Alvin Kamara got 120 yards on the day, no touchdowns. That's definitely concerning for fantasy owners. If you own Alvin Kamara, I would definitely be concerned. I don't see a lot of touchdowns coming his way throughout the season because legitimately, if they get in close and you don't have Taysom Hill in there, they're going to stack that line and Alvin Kamara is not going to get in. So what does Sean Payton do? He puts Taysom Hill in, uses Alvin Kamara as a decoy, and Taysom Hill's getting touchdowns. So look for that to continue happening. And this game could have went either way. So, you know, Giants <clears throat> get their first win of the season. Uh, go 1-3 and three now. Saints are now 2-2. Two and two. Don't look for either of these teams to make a bunch of noise. I don't see either of them really getting things together uh, very soon. Now, do take this with a grain of salt. New York had injuries on their wide receiving core. They may uh, definitely get better as the season goes on, especially with Saquon getting his legs up under him. I do think the Giants will be a lot better at the end of the season but I think the Saints, we've kind of seen what they are, and we're going to see the same thing throughout the year. Washington up against the Falcons. Guys, this game was back and forth, back and forth the entire game. It was exciting to watch, um, but I will tell you, there was completely missed plays uh, by the referees. Horrible inconsistency from the referees, at least from what we've seen throughout the season. Um, and this game was definitely one of those. Chase Young had a, uh, a rush on Matt Ryan. He was coming at him, and Chase Young pulled up, decided not to tackle him, decided to put his two hands on him and push him to the ground instead of tackling him, okay? This is a man in Chase Young who could rip Matt Ryan apart in half if he wanted to, and he decided to pull up, push him enough to make him go down, okay? So he, he legitimately was trying everything he could to get a sack and not 
blatantly hit the quarterback, not hurt the quarterback, not get a penalty. And what happened? They threw a flag and called it roughing the passer when the guy had his two hands in Matt Ryan's chest pushing him. Worst, worst um, roughing the passer call I've seen. It was absolutely ridiculous. If you're Chase Young, I think you need to go into the press conference and you need to ask people, are sacks still allowed in the league? Is it... Is that is that something that's supposed to happen, or is my am I actually supposed to have a position anymore? Because I don't think he's supposed to, because he legitimately did everything he should have done in that play and still got called for the penalty. So ridiculous. Taylor Heineke looked really good. Three touchdowns, no interceptions on the day. Very efficient from him. Antonio Gibson, 14 carries for 63 yards. I think they need to ride him a little bit more. Guys, get him 20 carries. Get him up to 20 carries. You got a really good running game with him. Let's get him some more carries out there or do some more screens and things like that. Get him involved in the passing game a bit more. This guy is very dynamic. Uh, Terry McLaurin, 123 yards on six receptions, two touchdowns on the day. Huge day for Terry McLaurin. I think we kind of anticipated that going into the game. Matt Ryan threw the ball for 42 times, 283 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Both these quarterbacks played amazing, and that's why this was a shootout. Um, Mike Davis, 13 carries for 14 yards, abysmal running from him, but that's because this Washington defense is stouted, okay? This Washington defense is amazing up front. I don't think stouted is a real word in the way I was using it there, but whatever. So, don't sit there and think Mike Davis isn't good. Don't sit there and think, you know, Cordero Patterson's a better running back. No, Cordero Patterson was a much better matchup in this game for what was going on. I didn't like the use of Wayne Gallman late in the game from Atlanta. I am concerned Mike Davis is going to start losing some carries because of what I was seeing there. But you never know how it's going to go. It, it, it is like a fluid situation there. So we'll stay tuned and see what happens. Anyway, Washington ekes out that win 34-30 to in a very, very exciting game. Colts up against the Dolphins. Okay, this game was kind of what we anticipated, although the Colts played a lot better than what we thought they would play. Uh, they really let Carson Wentz get out there and rip the ball a little bit. 32 throws on the day. He definitely looks so much better than last week. I'm so glad he was healthy. That's really what they need, um, and, and that's what he needs. He needs to be healthy out there. So really good to see that the guy get healthy and play well. 228 yards on the day, two touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked twice for 18 yards. Okay, not too horrible. Um, running the ball, Jonathan Taylor finally showed up. 16 carries, 103 yards in the day with a touchdown. Colts roll in this one, 27 to 17. They were leading most of the game, led the way, really maintained the pace of everything throughout this game. Just really, really good job by the Colts overall. Miami, you know, Jacoby Brissett, 20 for 30, 199 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. This guy did nothing wrong in this game. He really didn't. He, he played well. He did what he's supposed to do. Um, you know, he fumbled the ball twice, and that was huge. He did lose the one fumble, and that's a big thing that I think we need to focus on is, hey, don't make him run the ball. Don't don't let him run the ball all that much. You know, take the sack, go down, protect the ball, and maybe the Colts don't get that ball back and score. Um, you know, rushing the ball, they didn't get anything going. That's the huge weak spot of this team, and if they don't get a running game going, it doesn't matter how good your quarterback's going to be, you're never going to be able to run the clock out, and you're always going to be in shootouts, and it's going to be close even if you're up in the game. So, I think both teams played pretty well, but the Colts were just the better team overall in this game because there's no rushing game for the Miami Dolphins at this point. Next up, Titans versus the Jets. Guys, this was a shocker. 
Shocker for us. We watched this game go into overtime and over and over and over again, you're sitting there thinking like, okay, how are the Jets going to lose this game? How are the Jets going to lose this game? How are they going to lose it? Because that's what they've done all year. They did not. They played so well. They kept playing well. They got better and better as the game went on. And this to me, if you watch this game, we were very high on Zach Wilson going into the offseason, very high on him. Watch this game from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. Zach Wilson looked like a different man, okay? He looked so different. He went from being a Dan Orlovsky in quarter one to looking like a Tom Brady in quarter four. He was out there, you know, trading punches left and right with Tennessee. He was out there going at the defense, not afraid, saw his reads, saw his progressions, 21 for 34 on the day, 297 yards, just shy of 300. Two touchdowns, one interception on the day. He had one sack for eight yards. Very good rating. He played very, very well in this game, and that was the difference. You know, they didn't get the running game going still. They only had 66 yards on the run, in the running game. Derrick Henry balled out, 33 carries, 157 yards, and one touchdown. You would think, oh, my God, Tennessee must have run away with this. <laughs> Pun intended. So they did not. They did not, guys. They, they did not have enough receiving power out there. It was clear that there was issues on the defensive end. Um, you know, they, they kept up scoring with the Jets, which you'll probably never hear me saying again. Someone had to keep up with scoring on the Jets. But to me, the big challenge here was that Tennessee's defense definitely phoned in this game. They definitely said, hey, we're going to beat the Jets. We're going to whoop up on them. This is an easy game. And they laid down. And they could not get momentum back. They could not play really well. Zach Wilson ate them up. And yeah, that, that was the tale of the game. Corey Davis, four catches, 111 yards, one touchdown on the day. Jameis Cryer, seven catches, 61 yards on the day, a touchdown. It's a great team. Great team effort um, from the Jets. And, you know, I don't expect them to have this type of efficiency to continue the year. I think teams are going to take them a little more seriously now. But Tennessee's defense did not take them seriously. And that hurts to go 2-2 two and two now while the Jets are 1-1. One 24-27, one. to 27, Jets take the win. Chiefs up against the Eagles. Guys, this is exactly what we anticipated. We knew that, hey, Jalen Hurts can make flashy plays. We said that. We knew they were going to put points on the board. They did. They put 30 points on the board. That's not enough for a Kansas City Chiefs team that is going to rip through your offense. And they did. Patrick Mahomes went 24 for 30 yard, thirty attempts, 278 yards on the day, five touchdowns, one interception. Um, Clyde Arizalaire had over 100 yards rushing. If that happens, you're going to lose. Like, this guy has no business getting over 100 yards rushing, and he did. Darrell Williams had over 40 yards himself and a touchdown. Like, you could not stop their running game. It's clear the Eagles have a big hole to fill when it comes to rushing defense. They, they really need to get that fixed out there. Tyreek Hill roasted them. 186 yards on the day, three touchdowns. Okay? That's it. I don't have to say anything else. I don't have to. Literally, that's all you needed on the field. You didn't need anyone else out there. 186 yards on the day. Three touchdowns. Crazy. Crazy day. Um, you know, Devontae Smith looked good. Seven catches, 122 yards on the day. No touchdowns there. Uh, Zach Ertz, six for 60. Kenneth Gainwell, six for 58. And this is something I will tell you guys to look for. Kenneth Gainwell looks great. Philadelphia Eagles, go away from Miles Sanders. Please drop this guy from your starting roster, please not actually drop him, but please stop using him as a starting running back. Get Kenneth Gainwell in there. Kenneth Gainwell is is great. He looks good. He 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 ran the ball very effectively over 10 yards a carry with a touchdown. 
and, and receiving wise over 50 yards. Please get Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell involved more in the game and go away from Miles Sanders. He's not doing anything. He averaged 1.9 yards per carry. Come on, Eagles. Figure this out. Is that, that, is not, that is not effective. It's not efficient football. Next up, very exciting game to go into the week. Probably the, the game of the week that we anticipated and did not turn out that way was the Cardinals up against the Rams. Cardinals and the Rams, guys. Um, we anticipated this to be a blow-for-blow blow game. We thought that the Rams would end up edging this out. But here's the thing. We did say don't expect the Cardinals. Don't be surprised if the Cardinals don't come out here and just punch the Rams in the mouth. And they did. We talked about how the Cardinals were the hottest team in football. And they showed it. They are on fire right now. Kyler Murray, 268 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions on the day. 39 yards rushing. Chase Edmonds ran the ball for 120 yards. Guys, Arizona Cardinals, you got some stupid coaching out there because you ran the ball 18 times with James Conner, who had 50 yards. You ran the ball 12 times with Chase Edmonds. He had 120 yards on the day. Okay, Start using Chase Edmonds more at the running back position. James Conner's great, but... There's no reason he should get more carries than Chase Evans. Receiving-wise, Chase Evans had 14 or four catches, 19 yards. James Conner had two catches for 16 yards. Um, A.J. Green led the way for the team with DeAndre Hopkins. Five catches and four catches apiece for them. 67-67. Touchdown for A.J. Green. None for DeAndre Hopkins. But, man, this, this, is, this is great to see uh, for the Cardinals. I, I like their team. I like their makeup. I think they have a really strong defense. That's very underrated. It was very underrated going into the season. And for me, this is the tale of the tape is the Rams do not have, they do not have the momentum right now. Okay. They came in a little lackluster into this game. They got punched in the mouth, probably thought they were going to win this game. And I think now they're brought down to earth. I'd be very scared of the Rams next week because I think they're going to be pissed off and they'll be ready to go. Um, Cardinals are the hotter team right now, and you know what? They will regress to the mean. They're not going to continue just throwing up so many points like they have been. Kyler Murray will have some inefficient games, but this was not one of them. 37-20, Cardinals get the win. Seahawks up against the Niners. Um, this game was kind of what we anticipated if it happened the way we thought it would happen, but it didn't. Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, went out in this game, and Trey Lance came in. When Trey Lance came in, the Niners were hurting, and the Niners were inefficient. They lost this game. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, one touchdown, one interception on 23 attempts, 165 yards. Trey Lance had 18 attempts, 157 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. They definitely made it a little easy on Trey Lance when they put him in there. They went with different types of schemes. They, you know, they made their playbook a bit smaller, and that hurt overall the offense. That that hurt it. Um, 19 carries from Trey Sermon, 89 yards on the day. Trey Lance had 41 yards uh, rushing, but it it definitely hurt because they had to dial back their playbook, and they weren't as dynamic offensively as they could have been uh, with Trey Lance. He played well. Don't get me wrong. He played well, but I, I don't think they were ready to have all the schemes ready for Trey Lance the way that they needed to to go into this game. And ultimately, that's what made them not efficient enough offensively to keep up with Seattle, who was doing really well against their defense. Russell Wilson, um, you know, 16 for 23. He didn't throw the ball all that much. He had 149 yards in the day, two touchdowns, no interception. As efficient as you can expect from Russell Wilson. Chris Carson, 13 carries, 30 yards on the day. Alex Collins, 44 yards on 10 rushes for the day, one touchdown. So, San Francisco 
outthrew them. They outran them. They played more efficient offensively uh, from a yardage standpoint. But that's the thing, guys. Seattle is steady and consistent and consistent. And they're, they're a bunch of veterans out there. I mean, they just ended up winning the game. I don't think this would be the case, you know, eight times out of ten. I think San Francisco will win this game. But, uh, yeah, the injuries, the flow of offense change, it, it definitely went in Seattle's favor. Okay, Baltimore up against Denver. We've got a couple more after this, and then we'll wrap it up. I know we're going a little long. There's so much action, though, um, this past weekend. Baltimore up against Denver, and you've got a game where Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt. Um, and that's really the story of the game. Drew Locke comes in, doesn't throw for a touchdown, throws for an interception instead. Rushing-wise, they had 106 yards on the day. Baltimore had 102, both comparable there. But Lamar Jackson was doing really well. He figured out this defense. We didn't think that would happen, but he did. Um, he went for 300 yards, 316 yards on the day, a touchdown, no interceptions. Played very efficient from a passing standpoint. I mean, that's the thing. If he plays efficient from a passing game standpoint, Baltimore's going to roll, and that's what they need. So I don't look for him to always play like this, but he had, he played really well in this game, and Denver clearly couldn't keep putting up points after Bridgewater got hurt and went down. Uh, that was a huge factor for them and definitely hurt this team. So they go 3-1. and one. Ravens now 3-1. and one. Uh, Look for Denver to bounce back con considering what happens with Bridgewater. We don't know about that injury, but hope it's not going to keep him out very long. 23-7, Ravens. Next, Pittsburgh up against Green Bay. Uh, this is what we anticipated. Green Bay wouldn't be able to put, or Pittsburgh wouldn't be able to put up enough points to keep up with Green Bay. It's exactly what we thought, and that's exactly what happened. Um, average of 5.8 yards per attempt, or per catch, for Ben Rossberger. Again, guys, he can't drive that ball down the field. He makes a couple plays where he does, but otherwise the receiver's got to do all the work. Um, you know, 232 yards on the day, one touchdown, one interception. You know, he's throwing picks quite a bit this year. He was sacked only two times. So that tells me it's a fairly clean pocket. Najee Harris, 15 carries, 62 yards. Deontay Johnson, back for the Steelers. Nine catches, 92 yards, one touchdown. And, yeah, this, this defense was just struggling. They were just struggling, guys. Um, Green Bay was all over them, uh, putting up points left and right. Aaron Rodgers threw for two touchdowns, no interceptions, 248 yards on the day. Um, yeah, three sacks for 12 yards. Rushing the ball, they went for 132 yards. A.J. Dillon actually led the way, 15 carries, 81 yards. That's interesting, and you should be worried if you're an Aaron Jones fantasy owner because A.J. Dillon looked really good. He looked better than Aaron Jones in this game. Receiving-wise, Randall Cobb played well. He he went off, looked like Randall Cobb of old, five catches for two touchdowns. Great, great, great sighting from that Kentucky boy right there, Randall Cobb. Um, Devontae Adams, six catches for 64 yards, no touchdowns on the day, but steady, consistent for Devontae Adams. We look for him to get uh, some more yardage out there as the games continue going on this season. And the last game we will talk about, this was the game everybody wanted to sit and say, oh, Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick. Guys, Tom Brady is a quarterback. Bill Belichick is not a quarterback. They did not go against each other on the field. When Tom Brady is on the field, Bill Belichick is sitting on the sideline. Just letting you know that. Anyway, this game was Tom Brady versus Mac Jones, and man, was it good. Tom Brady, th this was a lot better game than we anticipated, and Tom Brady was held in check. 22 for 43. That's not great efficiency. 269 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So he didn't play bad, but he didn't play great either. Leonard Fournette ran the ball like crazy. 20 carries for 91 yards. He did everything that he needed to do. Um, but yeah, ultimately, 
New England held Tom Brady in check. I think they played him as good as anybody's played him all year. Mac Jones, 30 for 40, 31 for 40, uh, for 275 yards on the day, two touchdowns, one interception. You'll take the interception if you get the two touchdowns. Tom Brady didn't put up any in this game. So, ultimately, Mac Jones looked a little bit better than Tom Brady in this game. I think Bill Belichick played to the weaknesses Tom Brady has, which I think we can see here. It's a little bit getting the ball down the field, things like that. It's definitely a little bit more of a struggle than people think. Um, and the only reason that they lost this game was because of a missed field goal attempt at the end of the game by the New England Patriots. And that is exactly how this game should have went, guys, because you know what? Bill Belichick or Tom Brady, neither one, won this game or lost this game. This was a game... That was lost because of a 56-yard field goal that was missed. Bill Belichick coached exactly how he needed to coach. He looked great. And from a coaching standpoint and from a play standpoint, Tom Brady looked consistent, solid. So, yeah, this was a great game. This is exactly what you want to see for both sides because neither one can sit there and say, oh, this guy totally won, this guy totally like No, they both did exactly what they were supposed to do, exactly what we expected of them. So, Great game overall. Really excited to see that it went the way it did. We will be very excited to see the Monday night matchup tonight up against the Las Vegas Raiders against the Los Angeles Chargers. So um, for this game, I think the Chargers end up getting this win. I think they're going to be a little um, frustrated with their play last week, and I think I think they're going to be um, I think they're going to be fine going into this game. Vegas, look for them to drop this game. I just don't think they're going to continue going being undefeated at this point. They, they have had some. Some games that they've won, you know, just because of certain outcomes, things like that, possessions of the ball. But I, I do see the Chargers end up getting this game. Look for it to be a pretty high-scoring affair, though. I think it'll end up being, you know, both teams in the 20s. Um, but, yeah, that's what we kind of anticipate. So thanks, to you guys, for listening. Really appreciate it. Like, share, subscribe. Our Facebook email is below. Um, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.